Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give everyone ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 10, beginning in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desire of the wicked. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. He who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous leads to life, the wages of the wicked to sin. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. In the multitude of words... Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, 
and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be moved, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Friends, today I'm going to take a quick look at verse 4 of Proverbs 10. And Proverbs 10, verse 4, tells us that he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. This is a very interesting verse, but this is a general theme in the entire book of Proverbs. When we talk about a slack hand, we talk about someone who primarily doesn't want to use their hands or doesn't want to try to earn a living. The Bible refers to these people on a number of occasions as lazy people. And what this verse is telling us, that if you wake up in the morning and do not plan to use your hands, if you do not plan to go and find a job, then there's a very good chance you will end up being poor. Many of these people are called pan handlers. They have no desire whatsoever to go get a job, and what they do is they'll stand on a street corner and practically beg people to give them money. This is not God's best. This is not what God wants from anyone to do. But the second part of that verse, it says, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, when I think of the word diligent, I think someone who is purposeful, someone who plans, someone who has good ideas, but he's a go-getter type person. He's diligent, meaning he knows he has a plan and he goes about doing it. So in other words, I believe diligence is a very good word when used in the Bible. And I don't think it's necessarily that you will become rich because some people make lots of money, but they squander it. So then the question is, are you going to be um, a good steward with what God has given you? But that's another story for another day. Today we're going to continue our study in Matthew, and we're closing in on the end of Matthew. Today we'll be taking a close look 
at chapter 24. So about two more weeks will be in Matthew. And um, I'm going to take a look at a couple passages in this thing. We're going to start with the first two verses. And the first two verses, Jesus is predicting the destruction of the temple. So let me read those two verses for you. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So Jesus is predicting the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Now this is actually the second temple. The original temple had already been destroyed, but it was rebuilt, and now Jesus is predicting. Now this temple did not fall apart during Jesus' time. It actually did not happen until the year 64, and in the year 64, it was totally reduced to rubble by the Romans. So this is another simple prophecy that Jesus is predicting that came to pass. And this is just one more reminder of how important reading Scripture is. So if you find something in the Bible... I'm telling you there's a reason it's in the Bible that every word in the Bible is true and can be counted on to happen at some point in the future. Now this next part I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to read verses 4 through 14. And here we're talking about the signs of the times and the end of the age. So let me first read, and then I'm going to give you a bit of my commentary on this. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then 
the end will come. Friends, I'm just going to offer a bit of my thoughts on these verses. Now, I am hearing more and more. People are talking about the end times. People are talking about everything that is happening now in our present world, not only in America, but in the entire world. It seems like everything is being thrown upside down. We are seeing things that we've never seen before. And many people are convinced that this is the end of the world. But I'm going to focus in on verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And friends, I just graduated from Karis Bible College, and one of the courses we had during our second year was we had a missionary come, and he talked about missions today, and he talked about the fact of how many unreached people and nations there are in the world. And I'd like to tell you that there are more and more missionaries going out every day, but the simple fact is it's exactly the opposite. Less and less missionaries are going out. And a matter of fact, he told us that a lot of people that consider themselves missionaries are not even going to unreached people groups. They are actually going to places that have already heard the gospel, and they're trying to, like, reconvert people. So that verse right there is the verse that is telling me the end time is not right now. A matter of fact, in my eyes, it's not going to happen during my lifetime. Next, we talk about the Great Tribulation. And this is another topic that many pastors, teachers, all kinds of theologians have their opinions on. And I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself on this. I will ask that at the end of this podcast, you take the time to read this. And I ask you to let the Holy Spirit tell you what is this going to mean. We now next talk about the coming of the Son of Man, and Jesus is prophesying the fact that one day he will come back. But the part I want to stress before we close today is no one knows the day or hour. So I'm going to read, beginning in verse 36, Jesus is telling us about his second coming. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, and we're talking about very beginning of time with Noah and the flood in chapters 6 through 8 in Genesis, They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. 
so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And friends, I'm just going to briefly talk about my interpretation of this passage of Scripture. I just finished telling you that I do not believe that the end time is coming. I told you I do not believe that Jesus is coming soon. But I will say this. We need to be ready just in case he does. What Jesus is telling us in these few verses of the Bible is that not even he knows the day that he will be coming back. He says only God knows. And I think that's extremely relevant because God is the one who planned on sending Jesus to earth. I don't believe that at the beginning of time that that was ever what the plan of God was. It was for everyone to live in paradise for all time. He did not want anyone to die. The original plan is that we would live forever. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden at the very beginning, death entered in. And when sin came in, that became the nature of man. And that was why God sent Jesus to earth to be able to save all of mankind from their sin and to re-enter into right standing with God. Because what sin ultimately is, meaning it's separation from God. There is nothing about God that is not light. Everything about God is true. It's pure. It's about righteousness. And if it has anything at all to do with evil or unrighteousness, God is not going to be there or anywhere around there. So always keep that in mind. God is good, and God is only good. My call to action is very simple. I'd like for you to just briefly close your eyes and ask yourself one simple question. Am I right with God? Do I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if I were to die this day, that I would ultimately go to heaven. And the thing about it is, guys, if you do that, if you take the step to receive Jesus 
as your Lord and Savior, once you breathe your last here on earth, you will immediately be in His presence in paradise. The suggested scripture reading today is what I ordinarily tell you to do. Today is the 10th of the month, and I would ask that you reread Proverb 10 in its entirety. Many, many good verses in this proverb. And then reread in its entirety the 24th chapter of Matthew, which I went over parts of today. And I will say I did not even mention a couple parts of that chapter. So if you would, please invest a little bit of time and go and check that out. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening today and you've never taken that step, I ask that you repeat a simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to earth to die on a cross so that all of the sins of all of mankind for all time would be put on Jesus so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I believe that you came to earth, that you died on a cross, and that you rose from the dead on the third day. I believe that you now are alive and sit at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer, I ask that you go on my website. If you have never been on my website, I also ask or invite you to go in and rate this podcast. If you would, give it a thumbs up. Give it a five. Make a general comment if you would. And if you repeated that prayer today, or if you have any questions about anything you heard on today's podcast, please go to the contact tab and simply enter your name. Let me know that you repeated that prayer or ask me any question that you have, and I will get back with you as soon as I can. Friends, tomorrow is Testimony Day. Please join me and a special guest as we further explore wisdom today.